Dominique, thank you very much for your critical and very valuable uh, comments. Our next discussant is Jacob Kurzer. Jacob is Deputy Director and Senior Fellow with the Humanitarian Agenda at the Center for Strategic International Studies. Jacob, please. Thanks again for including me in this conversation. Um, I was asked to situate this discussion within the overall context of the humanitarian response in Yemen. And I, I thought about um, asking uh, Sikandra to put her slide back up because I think it set an important framing that the program that they're talking about today is a very small subset of a very massive humanitarian response that remains uh, critically underfunded. So you're talking about 24 million people in need and a UN OCHA appeal of 4.2 billion that currently sits at about 35% funding. Food security, uh, agricultural support, nutrition uh, constitutes the bulk of that response and yet also in and of itself is at a, a substantial shortfall with uh, multiple UN officials indicating that um, over 20 life-saving programs, if they are not funded uh, urgently will cease to run and, and will put uh, multiple million people uh, at increased risk of malnutrition. And so then I think you step back and say, well, what is the benefit of an evaluation like this? What is the benefit of the program? So first, uh, from the humanitarian perspective, I would just acknowledge the uh, impacts achieved within this very small subset of the population. Um, you know, any, any life saved is, is a, a wonderful, you know, success, and it's a, it's a tribute to the program that that has achieved these results with this small community. Um, and, and then you step back and you look at what the humanitarian uh, community has thought about in terms of cash programming in general. Um, the grand bargain uh, process between donors and humanitarian organizations um, has encouraged everyone to move towards a substantial increase in the use of cash program. There's an understanding of uh, efficiencies with cash, um, with the way in which cash programming um, empowers uh, the affected populations uh, to make decisions about how they spend that money in the way that they feel is, is most valuable. Um, a common a document put out early this year about the common donor approach talked about um, pushing programs that build social cohesion, that understand the market capacities and in which affected populations have input on the interventions. And so I think a program like this sort of meets those multiple targets, even accepting the criticism that, that Dominique identified of it can only exist in a humanitarian crisis where the market still functions. Um, that said, despite the commitments within the grand bargain, both from the donors and from the humanitarian organizations themselves, cash remains a very small subset of the overall humanitarian response in conflict environments. And there's a lot of different reasons for why that is. Uh, I won't go into them now, but I think one of those reasons is the absence of good, strong evidentiary basis. Um, you know, when you, when you look at an intervention like this, you have to remember that fundamentally at the back end is donor money. And donors want to be able to prove, to, to know and have confidence that their interventions, um, the funds that they're going to be spent, the taxpayer dollars are going to be spent well. And so I, I would applaud this particular report for contributing to that evidentiary basis, even accepting the limitations of uh, being present in a context where, yeah, you're, it's, a, it's a small subset of the population. Um, it's, it's predicated on being in a context where the markets function, um, where the cash intervention allows people to spend that money um, to get nutritional diversity as opposed to, to spending on, on uh, staple items. So um, I would just then think about the overall humanitarian response. When you look at the OCHA 
or the humanitarian picture, you see um, a map that includes um, for, you know, for both understanding the context, it's, it's sectorally driven, right? You have you know, the little picture of the food, you have the picture of the health the clinic, you have the picture of education, you have a picture of the livelihoods. Um, and so thinking about this program in, in the context of social protection, when, when I think about, um, from my experience and from the analysis that we're doing now about a humanitarian response, for practical reasons, we think about things sectorally. We say, oh, how much is food funded? How much is nutrition funded? How much is education funded? But we also understand that these things are fundamentally interconnected. And so to the extent that programs like this can both promote social cohesion by uh, empowering the, the female educators in this community, by opening up the education structures to people outside of the program to basically say we can all participate in this learning model, um, what you're doing is you're, um, is you're impacting the entirety of the humanitarian response, even if the intervention is targeted towards nutrition. Um, the, the, while nutrition is funded at a higher level than, say, the livelihoods of the education needs in Yemen, we also know that to the extent that those things are not funded, they will have negative consequential effects on the overall health uh, needs, on the, the capacity of the population to respond to future shocks. So I think these kinds of programs that attempt to um, meet a specific need while associating with the various other elements of a humanitarian response are essential. Um, uh, I may stop there. I, I just would be remiss to point, to not add that at CSAS in particular, um, we've been looking at, at the issue of humanitarian access, the ability of populations in need to reach uh, the assistance that they want and the, and the ability of uh, uh, humanitarian actors to provide that assistance. And in Yemen, humanitarian access is an acute problem as a consequence of the dynamics of that conflict. Um, when you talked about cash versus commodities, um, there are very many reasons why cash in access-constrained environments, cash can be a superior uh, intervention. And so again, I think accepting all the methodological and practical constraints on the research, I think what this does is contribute to the body of evidence that suggests that cash, uh, especially in access-constrained environments, is a way to meet the nutrition and food needs of affected populations with uh, important results.